Well, I want to start for us this morning with a little multiple choice quiz for you. All right, here's the, here's the statement, uh, and, and you're going to have to figure out who said this. They bring me so much joy, and I love them, and I'd do anything for them, but they are so frustrating sometimes. Lately, they've been making me crazy. All right, here's your choices for who said this. All right, is it A, uh, is this something a child says about their parents? Is this B, something a parent is saying about their children? Anybody want to vote yet? (laughs) You're waiting for another choice, aren't you? Or is this C, both of the above? All right, I think think we would all say uh, that the answer is C. The relationship between parents and children is an interesting relationship, certainly, filled with a lot of love and joy and laughter and hugs and smiles and yelling and door slamming. Um, And all of these things kind of mixed together into parent-child relationships. Uh, and, and if you're a parent, there, there are certainly times where you look at your children and you think, boy, I should have been a better child. Um, I, I wish I had obeyed my, my parents better. Uh, the, the last time we looked at this commandment was a couple of weeks ago, and we looked at it from the angle of what does this mean parents' duties to their children are? Uh, and we saw that it meant that parents are to love their children, to teach their children, to pray for their children, to set example for their children, among other things. Uh, this week, we're going to look at it from the ang- angle of the children. All right, so uh, children, you all have to pay attention today. And you're all children, so you all have to pay attention today. Um, a couple of things before we jump into this. Uh, first, I want to say it would seem that, that Paul here is uh, addressing the situation of a child. Uh, who is still living under the protection and care of their parents, not grown adult children. For example, uh, if my dad was to call me today and say, Justin, you need to come down and take the trash out in the morning, uh, and they live in lower Alabama, I, I would say, I don't, I don't really think I can do that. Uh, he's like, no, really, you need to obey your parents. I, said, I don't think that what, is what Paul is getting at. Uh, so that's one thing uh, right off the bat. Secondly... Uh, this instruction to obey your parents is obviously flows out of the fifth commandment, which is honor your father and mother. And I really want to approach it from that angle because when you hear that word honor, you realize that that encompasses obey, but it also encompasses a whole lot more than that. It enables to see that this is actually a much broader instruction. Uh, that as children, we have a responsibility to honor our parents whether we're 8 or 18 or 28 or 48 or whatever our age is, we have a responsibility to actually uh, honor our parents. And then thirdly, I just want to say before we get into this, uh, that fathers and mothers are not just your natural parents, but they're actually anyone who has legitimate authority over you. Uh, And I'm not going to get into this a lot today, but I think you can see that in the rest of the text that we read, and I encourage you just to think about that a little bit throughout the week. Uh, But keep in mind and think about, well, how would this apply uh, to the government? How would this apply to law enforcement? How would this uh, apply to teachers, uh, to to people I work for? What does honoring them 
uh, honoring people with legitimate authority over me, what does that look like? So, with all those kind of preliminaries out of the way, what does it look like for children to honor their parents? And we're going to do five things today, not as many as last week, but five things. Uh, children honoring your parents involves this. First of all, it involves loving them, uh, obeying them, showing them respect, praying for them, and bearing with their weaknesses. All right, and, and I'll say all those again as we go. But first of all, honoring our parents means that we're called to love them. Now, the text doesn't say that explicitly, but certainly if we're to love our neighbor, uh, I think I could make the argument that includes our parents. And I, I think that if we really stop to think about this one for a minute, this one w- would be fairly obvious. If, if we all stopped, especially those of us who are adults, if we stopped and thought about all the work that our parents put into raising us, we would be thankful that we're not just run, still running around with a diaper on our head or something. That, that they actually cared for us and instructed us and loved us, uh, picked up after us, served us, fed us. Just think of all the work that your parents put in to raising you and it becomes, oh, well, of course I ought to love my parents. But all of us, what we're prone to do instead of that is we think of things our parents do that aggravate us or we simply don't think of them at all. And we get caught up in our own world and our concerns and the things that are going on with us. And that's true no matter what our age is. But we're told here that we ought to love our parents. Now, we've said several times over the last few weeks, what's love? It's not just an emotion but love is actually an action. It's something we do. All right? And so there have to be tangible ways that we show our love for our parents. It may be calling them. It may be visiting them. It may mean cleaning up your room. It may mean cleaning up your room. I'm sorry, did I say that twice? <laughs> it, it may mean picking up after yourself. Um, all of these tangible ways that we can show love to our parents Uh, And children, I say to you, think of ways you can show love to your parents. Think of how much they would appreciate it when you do things that you know need to be done without them asking you to do it. Uh, That's just a tangible way that you can say, hey, mom and dad, I love you. And I'm thinking not just of myself, but I'm thinking of you as well. Uh, Invest in your relationship with your parents. Communicate with them. Uh, Talk to them. I don't know if you remember, if you saw the movie of a year or two ago, Grand Torino with, with Clint Eastwood, and if you remember the relationship that he had, or the non-relationship he had with his children. Uh, and he's getting up in years, and he finds out that he's been diagnosed with cancer. And so he picks up the phone to call his son and tell his son. And it's, it's a really sad conversation because the son obviously is very busy with work or whatever, and doesn't really want to talk to him. They have no relationship. And so they don't communicate at all, and the son finally hangs up, and Clint Eastwood never tells him in that conversation that he's sick. There's no relationship. There's no love. There's no communication. So children, part of loving your parents is communicating with them. That goes both ways, uh, obviously. Love is an action. Uh, But love's not just an action. It's an emotion as well. And for some of you, that's hard for whatever reason. 
Uh, maybe there's been an absent parent. Maybe there's been an abusive parent. Uh, and we can't get into all that. But for some of you, that's just hard to think about loving your parents. And all I can tell you in the time we have is this, is that the place you have to start with that is to say, all right, how has Christ loved me? Jesus has not held my sins against me. Now, what does that mean for my relationship with a parent uh, who perhaps has sinned against me? That's a starting place. That's not the answer for all of it, but that's the starting place where you begin to build toward a relationship with a parent perhaps you are estranged from. So we have to love our parents. Uh, Second thing about honoring your parents, uh, it does mean obeying your parents. Unfortunately, uh, it does. And and for those of you who who are still living under your parents' roof, this one is fairly easy. When they tell you to do something, you got to do it. I'm sorry. Um, That's just the way it is. When they ask you to do something, you need to do what they've asked you to do, unless it's something illegal or immoral. You know, if they tell you to go rob the liquor store or something, then you don't have to do that. Um, I would encourage you not to do that. Uh, and tell me if they ask you to do that. But um, it, otherwise, you need to you need to actually obey your parents and do what they're telling you to do, and do it without complaining uh, and without talking back to them, because. Uh, What this is getting at is not just your actions, but what's important before the Lord is your heart uh, and your attitude about it as well. Now, in some ways, that's just just sort of easy to talk about, but what it looks like is going to look differently at different ages. Uh, and, And parents, you have to think about this as much as your children do, because the way parents and children relate is different when you're two, when the child is two, and 6, and 12, and 16, and 18, and they're kind of out of the house, but they're not quite out of the house, and they're still sort of under your roof, but they're not exactly under your roof. And, and so all this has to be nuanced. You begin completely under their authority, but hopefully what we're all moving to is a place where you're actually out from under their authority and, and able to do life on your own. And so this gets nuanced at different stages Uh, of the relationship but what's true throughout that and even after you're out from from under their roof is that you have to honor them uh, and respect them and treat them in that way Um, there is there is more give and take in the relationship the older you get but at the end of the day if they ask you to do something then what the scripture is saying is you need to do that you need to do that and submit to that and it may Stink. You may not like it. Uh, they may even uh, have been mistaken about what they ask you to do. Uh, but you need to submit to what they ask you uh, to do. And, and part of what this is teaching us is that as wonderful as freedom and independence and all that stuff is, it's not the most important thing in the world. Or maybe I could put it another way. What you want is not the most important thing in the world. And that's something, a lesson that we all have to learn. What we want is not the most important thing in the world. The most important thing in the world is not my comfort, my desires. Uh, that's not the most important thing in the world. And, and look, uh, I'm an only child. Uh, and so my wife is still teaching me uh, what it looks like to not have everything revolve around yourself. 
And and really all of this, what this is what this is driving toward is saying, welcome to the world of self-denial. Because really the essence of our sin is that we think everything's about me. Um, and when your parents are correcting you and they're telling you to do things, what you're beginning to learn, hopefully, is this isn't all about me. This world doesn't revolve around me and my wants, but there's someone bigger that this world revolves around, that my life ought to orbit around. And it's not me, but it's the Lord. And what them telling you to do things and you're denying yourself, you're actually beginning to learn that. So, uh, honoring your parents does mean obeying them. Now, third thing, uh, honoring your parents means giving them proper respect. Means giving them proper respect. Uh, the Hebrew word for honor carries the idea of weightiness. Of weightiness. Uh, you honor somebody of weight. You honor somebody of influence. Someone who deserves your respect. So honoring your parents involves showing respect to your parents. Uh, that involves how you talk about them. You know, how do you talk about your parents with your friends? My mom is so stupid. She doesn't get. She just doesn't get it. How how do you talk about your parents with your friends? Uh, how do you think about your parents? My mom and dad don't know anything. They they are just clueless about life. How do you think about your your parents? Respecting them means stopping for a minute and thinking. Well, they have lived for 40 or 50 years, and they're not dead yet, and we do get three meals every day, so maybe, you know, maybe they figured something out. Uh, you have to think about your parents in a respectful way. Uh, that also involves listening to them. All right, that's fun. Uh, Proverbs 23, listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Uh, again, they've lived, they have experience, they've learned things, they've walked with the Lord. Uh, listen to them. D- do you go to them with questions? Do you, do you expect to learn things from them? Uh, are you humble enough to hear what they're saying? And then uh, respecting them also means uh, that you're careful and you are respectful even when you disagree with them. I right, mean you're never going to disagree with them, but you're, you're careful when you disagree with them. Um, and I, I think about my childhood, and that's one of those things that I'm really ashamed of is the way I didn't disagree well, especially with, with my mother. I didn't, wasn't respectful to her. Uh, those of you who have non-believing parents, you have to be careful with this. You need to make sure that they understand that you're not rejecting them, and you're still very thankful for certain things they have taught you and the way they've provided for you, but it may mean that you're saying to them, I am rejecting the way you're thinking uh, about Christianity. And so that's, a, that's something you have to work out when you are speaking with them and still showing respect to them. So, love them, obey them, respect them. And number four is to pray for them. I'm going to read... You might write this down if you don't have a Bible, but 1 Timothy. <clears throat> 1 Timothy chapter 4. Excuse me, 1 Timothy chapter 2. 
First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now notice... This is talking about those in authority over us. This is our fathers and our mothers. Uh, And what we're being instructed to do here is to pray for them. Uh, To pray for them because they can provide peace, uh, because this pleases God, and we're praying also that they might be saved. So what we're instructed to do is continually pray for those who are in authority over them, giving thanks for them even. I mean, your parents, uh, your teachers... Uh, your rulers, just people in authority over you in general. You, you ch- children, you need to pray for your parents, right? Because we need it. Um, there's a book on prayer I've encouraged several people to read. It's called A Praying Life by Paul Miller. And he tells a story in that he uses his daughter in several illustrations. And she's autistic. And one of the difficulties she has is that she gets up and she paces a lot. She just paces constantly. And it's driving everybody crazy. And so often he'll say, stop it, stop it, and it doesn't work. And so finally he realized, we just need to pray for our daughter. And they prayed and prayed, and then finally one day she quit pacing, and they realized that what had happened was they had actually moved. And when they moved, they no longer lived close to train tracks, and the vibration from the train was affecting her and making her nervous and causing her to pace. Now one thing that tells us is that God answers your prayers in interesting ways sometimes. Uh, he just moved them to a new house in order to answer that prayer. But, but the lesson he drew from that was, you know what? Sometimes I do my best parenting, maybe always I do my best parenting by prayer. And it's just not always, stop, just quit doing that. That, that doesn't work. Uh, and so he said, my best parenting comes by prayers. And, and I want to flip that around and say to children, you really can affect change in your parents' life as well. And if you have a difficult relationship with your parents, or if you see them struggling with things, then you can help them. Just as parents pray for you, you also ought to be praying uh, for your parents. So let me encourage you uh, to do that. And then the last thing here um, uh, children ought to bear with their parents' infirmities, they ought to bear with their weaknesses. Now I read. Uh, an interesting text to say the least from Genesis 9 this is after the flood Genesis 9 verse 21 uh, Noah comes off the ark and here's what happens Noah began to be a man of the soil and he planted a vineyard he drank of the wine and became drunk and lay uncovered in his tent and Ham the father of Canaan saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. Then Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, and walked backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned backward, and they did not see their father's nakedness. We could spend a lot of time with that text, but one thing that is obvious uh, is that Shem and Japheth, what do they do what's right is that they bear with their father's weakness. They don't try to exploit it. They don't try to embarrass him but they bear with his weakness. 
Uh, children, you have to bear with your parents' weaknesses. They're not perfect. Uh, they have sin in their lives. They have patterns of sin in their lives. And, and you're called to bear with them. Uh, some of you may even be bitter uh, towards your parents because you've seen some of the things in their lives. And the only thing that can soften that again is simply the power of the gospel in your life. As you think on the way, what God really hasn't treated me as I deserve to be treated. God really has borne with my infirmities. He's borne with, with my sin. He's put up with my sin. He's forgiven my sin. Now how does that instruct me in the way that I relate to my parents when I see them sin? When I see their weakness, uh, am I able to forgive them as God has forgiven me? To love your parents, obey your parents, respect your parents, pray for your parents, and then bear with their weaknesses. Now, why do we do all that? Well, God commands it. Uh, Secondly, they're actually God's representative in your life. And when you make light of their authority, you're making light of God's authority. So, God, I don't appreciate the authority you have placed in my life. Uh, And then thirdly, it's actually good for you. Uh, Ephesians 6, Paul says the same thing, and then he says, in order that it may go well with you. In order that it may go well with you, there's actually blessing to be found in obedience to your parents. And see, that's contrary to the way we think because we think obedience, submission, that means bondage and slavery. And if I follow my own passions and my own desires, then I'm going to find freedom and joy and life. But the reality is, is the opposite is true. Um, ask the person enslaved to an addiction how much freedom they're really experiencing. Uh, Ask the person who's uh, in slavery to their career how much freedom they're really experiencing. Um, Ask ask the fish who has jumped out of the bowl how much freedom they're really... I don't like the water. I don't want to be in the water. The water's not comfortable. I think I'll jump out and lay on the counter. All right. Uh, Tell me how that works out for you. Um... There's freedom, actually, to be found within the constraints uh, of obedience to our parents. And the last reason that that we ought to do this uh, is simply, I'll just say the gospel and and Jesus Christ. Uh, Titus. Find Titus here. Um, Chapter 3. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities. Okay, here's our, our fathers and mothers. To be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. Why? For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, Slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. Remember who you were. 
But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Why? Because of the grace of God in your life. Why do I pray for those in authority over me? Why do I submit to them, uh, even when perhaps they don't deserve my submission? Because the way God treated me when I was rebelling against His authority. Uh, children, uh, obey your parents in everything, for this is pleasing to the Lord. Now, where does this leave us? Right, where does all this leave us? Uh, if you're honest, and nobody's going to be honest, but if you're honest, you don't really like this. All right, because none of us by nature like or enjoy authority. We actually despise authority, and we have a hard time believing that blessing is going to come into our lives if we don't get to do exactly what we want. And that again is why we need Christ. That's why we need Jesus Christ. We need someone who came and submitted himself perfectly to his Father's will in order to rescue people who were destroying their lives, trying to get out from under his Father's will. Do you you see what Jesus has done? He has come and he has submitted himself to his Father's will. He has obeyed His Father. He has submitted to Him in order to rescue people who were busy trying to get out from under the will of His Father. And so His invitation to you is to come and to rest in Him and to rest in His saving work and then to walk with Him. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you Uh, We thank you for the Bible and for the instruction we find there. And we confess to you that while this sounds simple, uh, this giving obedience to our parents, we don't do it well. Uh, We don't enjoy doing it. And yet you call us to it and promise us blessing with it. And you've even given us one to forgive us. Uh, who takes our disobedience on himself. And so, Father, would you remind us of Jesus uh, in the midst of all of this. Remind us that we are forgiven uh, and remind us uh, that the very holiness of Jesus is available to us. And, Father, we would call on him and look to him uh, for strength that we indeed might obey our parents and that we might obey you. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.